Welcome back, pop culture fans, to Quality Check Podcast. It is a brand new year, and it's a brand new episode from your boys. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, it's Drew Douglas. It's the uh, first podcast that we're doing of 2024. Do you have any idea? I should look this up, and I don't don't know the answer, so I I don't know why I'm asking. (laughs) How many episodes do you think we did last year? Well... I would, I'm going to say 55, 55. Well, <laughs> we'll, lock, we'll lock that in for a later day. I wonder if there's an easy way for me to look. I don't think there is. There's, um, there's got to be like filing down uh, through the podcast link here that I've got. I don't, because we should be able to break it down per year, but all right, I'm going to get too distracted by that because it's pretty easy today. I've noticed for me to get super sidetracked with any little thing. And I like, whether it's like writing out an email and having weird misspellings and it's like, I'm flipping my prepositions. It sounds like I'm more or less learning English and it's just, it's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. Um, what is Friday? It's Friday. We are, we're we, uh, recording on January 5th. It feels um, like I can't tell you how many times so far today I've put 2023 and corrected myself. I'm like, dang it, I'm doing the old thing again. So frustrating. 24 January. We've uh, we've got we're blessed with a brand new Wyatt Russell movie that's out in theaters today Oof. with Night Swim. Getting absolutely bombed by critics. Yeah, it's uh, so it's you're just... starting off the Rotten Tomatoes game, uh, 2024. <laughs> On a bad note, because you went high. Off. You went like 85. Mm, yeah. Is that, was that right? And I think yeah. I did 45. Either way, you're going to lose this one because it's currently at 25%. No. Yeah, there's no chance for me. And, you know, I started so strong uh, last month. I say started so I ended so strong, but that was a one off. And of course, of course, it's like. I just had I had to had to just say all right well one off I agree to that let's not count December as part of this new round that we're doing but yeah night swim I mean you sitting at fifty two um, it's like you overshot it by thirty I don't with my eighty percent it's just way too high I don't know what I was thinking I um um like you said I may have had a little too much faith. And our boy Wyatt Russell. Uh, the other thing is, with this being um, James Wan, and uh, he's got his producer hat on, maybe this was a little bit of a stinker, and he couldn't devote as much time because he was so wrapped up in Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom. I just feel like this premise is so limited. Very. And I have I haven't read a lot because I don't like to read too much. Yeah. But I feel like I have read numerous times that it like can't sustain itself. But I still, this is a streamer for me. I do want to mm-hmm. see it. You know, I bet this is streaming. Yeah. In a month or so. Oh, I actually, since this is now universal, this is, it's a weird thing though, because this is um, universal and Atomic Monster and Blumhouse. So the three of them, uh, they should just all three collectively buy out Paramount because Paramount's struggling so much right now. Um, but that's where this will be on Peacock and I bet I give it two and a half weeks. I feel like if it, if it's not on Peacock now, they're doing that 45 day window. I don't know. Well, cause you know, Universal, the beginning of the, of 20 or middle of 2020, whenever is the pan, the beginning of the pandemic, they had the deal where it's like, if a movie does poor in theaters, then they'll release it sooner on streaming and it's like 17 days or something like that. If it did well, they would push that and do like 45 days or something like that. I bet this one will be the soonest that comes out on streaming than any other movie that we've received in quite some time. But um, I mean, I don't know why they didn't just do do the Halloween slash yeah. Freddy's day and day and do it all at once. Yeah. Yeah, I'm confused by that, too, because this definitely seems like you said more of a streaming movie than an actual theater movie. But um, I think Wonka's going to trounce it. <laughs> Wonka's got legs. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, that's, uh, as you mentioned, the Rotten Tomatoes game starting off so poor. Um, it, it makes me really sad. And I don't know what to expect 
with the upcoming uh, string of January picks that we've got uh, from Beekeeper, Mean Girls, and Miller's Girl. Um, still don't know what to really think about that. No, it's January, and we've already done our Rotten Tomatoes picks, but we haven't made our uh, pop culture picks. So that's what we're going to do today. And every once in a while, I don't know about you, every once in a while, a month comes along and you're making your picks and you find yourself struggling. And that, oh, big that's time. the cross I had to bear this month. But I got to say, not in the way you think. I think January this month is surprisingly stacked. Yeah. Um, I've been, um, I'm really curious to see what you've got because I felt, I felt the same way. It's been extremely difficult um the last like december was rough november was less so but i found that one to be um easier than december for sure this one i gotta say is kind of in between for me i i I had five solid choices and two of those were music picks and i'm just gonna say i kept those off oh because it's just it's always a stinker to do music (laughs) I had albums from Green Day. Should I say what I didn't pick? Yeah, yeah, like your runner-ups. So I had Green Day. They their their new um Saviors comes out January nineteenth, and I know when they released their first single, I ripped it on this podcast, but it's grown on me quite a bit. And honestly, the other the other songs they've released, I think, have been pretty solid. Mm. So that was almost on the list. And then uh, Alkaline Trio has a new album called Blood, Hair, and Eyeballs, and that comes out the following week on January 26th. Uh, Alkaline Trio is a band I've listened to for a long time, but I would, if you asked me, like, what's on your pantheon of favorite bands, I wouldn't put Alkaline Trio on there. They're not like, I don't know, they're not one of my favorites, but I've listened to them for a long time, and obviously... Matt Skiba, who's in the band, was in Blink-182 for like two or three years. And now they have this new album. They've released three singles so far, and every one of them has been so incredibly mm. catchy. This is one of my, I would say, most anticipated albums of the year. Like every song I've listened to so many times. So that almost made the list. Um, but I just, I cut the music off. That's I, I was hoping that you would end up going with some music uh, because I did, actually. I, Ooh. Yeah, so. Is it, well, I'm not, I was going to say, is it one of these two? Ooh. And I believe, and you don't have to answer it now, but I believe one of these two could be on your list. I, you will find out very soon, I'll put it that way. Like is, I'm guessing it's your numero three. It is because it could go. It could go either way. Like I could. I, mm, I just don't know. Like, well, tell me. Well, dive in, baby. What is it? Well, it is definitely one of those three or t- two. Oh. What am I saying? Three is. T- I'm thinking of the top three. Uh, it's got to be Green Day. It's Green Day. It's Saviors. Yeah. I, there was. A, I don't. Man, there's like every now and again. I think it's like the Winter Blues or something. But there comes a phase where I just get in this punk mood. This punk rock. Give me some like throwback, and I always start, it always seems to go back to The Clash, The Ramones, something like that, and I go, and those are like my old faithfuls, I listen to them, but Green Day popped up, and it was whenever they released their first single, and we were talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I I felt the same as you, I'm like, ah, like, yeah, I'm not sure, went back, re-listened to American Idiot, I went through um, their discography in reverse, and I started that way, so with their most recent to their oldest, and then yeah, I just just got me more pumped. And so that's where I'm like, I gotta add them to this list. This is something that I don't know. It's just like their sound, their style. I am so excited to see or hear what else they've got in store for us because this is what I'm feeling. This is very much so the mood. I um, it's so funny. The last um, like three months, I'm like, I'm going to cancel the Apple One subscription that I've got because you get Apple TV, you've got um, uh, music, and you get the extra storage. And then there's always like a new album or something that I discover. I went from recently, I, I like did a short disco phase, and then it brought me back to punk. And then again, a weird hybrid I felt like a good transition would be Green Day with this. And 
it just, I don't know, all road signs to me musically are pointing to Green Day, and I feel like it's going to be a great way to kick off the new year with music. I just, I feel like this year could be really special, and um, I can't wait. I just, I, I'm feeling these punk vibes. No, what's interesting is they released, the second single is the one that's... Um Look Ma No Brains, I believe it's what it's called. (laughs) And that was the one I was kind of iffy on. And then I'm not kidding around. It's used in a Taco Bell commercial that I kept hearing. (laughs) And I'm like, gosh, that's actually super catchy, this chorus. So I went back to it. And that's what got me going over the songs that they've released. And I'm like, I'm into it. Because I'm looking at their discography. And for me... Uh, they really haven't had something that I've really dug yeah. since, I guess, American Idiot. I think there's enough on there for me to say that. But Warning in 2000. And then from there on, yeah. it's super hit or miss. Because I tried listening to 21st Century Breakdown a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I don't really like most of this. And yeah. then Uno Dos Tre is... There's some good tracks on there, but I think you can make a decent album out of all three of those, like just kind of pick and choose. Revolution Radio is not great. And then their last one, Father of All MFs in 2020 <laughs> is like, um, I don't know. It was okay. I think that one's grown yeah. on me a little bit, but that almost felt like they, they were like trying to wrap up a record deal so they just crank something out and released it mm-hmm. and this is the first one where i'm like hearing songs going okay that kind of reminds me of nimrod or insomniac yeah. and i know those albums for me like that dookie insomniac and nimrod like that's the trifecta and they can never top that for me but at least this there are hints in in these new songs of like okay that sounds like kind of an old school green day for me yeah. Because I liked American Idiot. I just, I wanted to move away from the rock opera stuff. And then I felt like they continued it with 21st Century. And I'm like, I'd just like go do a throwback album. And then when they've done throwbacks, it's just not been great. So I have high yeah. hopes for this. And I think it's, how many songs is this? 15, but it's short, 45 minutes. I was going to ask you, because I know you're a fan of shorter albums, but with this having. I don't know. It's kind of medium, but what do you think? Is that a turnoff or not really? Uh, 45 minutes is okay. In 15 songs, that means they're like two to three minutes. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Like, look, Ma, no brains, two minutes and three seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a catchy like two minutes for me. So I'm into it. Um, I think if I had to choose between this or Alkaline Trio to make my list, if I had to, I would probably pick Alkaline Trio just because I think those songs are stronger. But this was very close. in Almost in my top three. It would have been number three. Yeah, that and that's where I went with number... It, it's so funny because I think just what you described is my maybe logic or reasoning in terms of why I bumped it to number three because going in reverse like I did, I... And it's funny, The Killers, I use as another example. I jump around quite a bit with how I listen to their, their discography because sometimes starting earlier, their first to most recent, I'm like, eh, like I can shelve it. Or it gives me more amped. Doing this with Green Day in reverse made me feel like their some of their music feels more like you said, that throwback, but more that rawness. Again, going stripping away that rock opera and making it feel just just give me some stuff that it's just going to like make it feel like I've been punched in the teeth musically. And that's kind of what I want. And that's fitting my mood. Now, this is a band, too, that I've been listening to for a long, long time. Like Dookie is their third album, 1994. I bought that on Mm -hmm. CD. That was one of the first cds i ever bought so that album means a t- like a lot to me and then same with insomniac and nimra like those are things that i've listened to millions of times mm-hmm. so i'm always going to be they're always going to pique my interest like wonder what they're doing even w- like even with a bunch of junk that they've released in my opinion 
I always go back to them because they've done it. I'm there's still one of like those bands that mean a lot to yeah. me. Yeah, and there's always something with even within that where if you're not a huge fan, there's something that you can find within an album, and it's like, man, that would have been great if I don't know what would maybe they need a little bit more work. Maybe they needed um, to, I don't know, something. But like that's where it that gets me more and more excited because I think we will walk away with more likes from this than dislikes. Dookie, man, Dookie, an absolute all-timer. Oh, big time. So, so good. So freaking good. Well, my number three, I'm going with something that I initially had number one, and I bumped it down. I'll, I will say... Any of the, I can make a case that any of my picks could be the most anticipated release for me for this month. I got three, I think three solid ones. Numero three, I'm going with Masters of the Air, mm. which streams January 26th on Apple TV Plus. Starring, this is uh, starring who? I was going to say starring Austin Butler or uh, Elvis. Elvis. Elvis Presley himself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Austin Butler. Uh, this is a companion series to Band of Brothers in the Pacific, which aired on HBO. And have you seen either of those? I'm not saying anything brand new because they've been out for so long, but those two shows are absolutely amazing. Man, you know, that's the thing. I've started both, both of them, and I've gotten one episode in. And it's not that I dislike them. I really like them. I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop and come back to this. And my reasoning is always like, I want it on the biggest screen possible with the best sound possible. And I always like start one episode at my parents because that's that's the best for like me for any setup that I've got. And I always get one episode in and that's it. Something comes up and I, I shelve it. And But that's what I want to do. I'm going to binge it in that kind of way. And so this will make it a little bit easier maybe to, to do that with this. But I don't know. Um, yeah. So I have not watched those other two all the way through. That's a flimsy excuse. We were going to have to just yes. buckle <laughs> down and watch it. Because both of these, I think, are incredible in different ways. I think the final like, minute of Band of Brothers is amongst my favorite endings hmm. for, a, for a series ever. Interesting. Now, this show follows an Air Force unit that fought during World War II uh, the cast includes, like you mentioned, Elvis Presley, uh, Barry Keoghan. I wonder if he's oh, going to show. Yes. I wonder if he's dong. showing any. Yeah, I wonder if he's showing dong in this because he's not afraid to show the pee pee. Which and then uh, he Callum, can confirm it's real too. Of course, yeah. I I mean, the fact that he needed to do that was insane, <laughs> and I don't know if he just meant it was real in that scene. Uh, who knows? And, and he was referring to a. A graveyard scene in uh, Saltburn. <laughs> and then uh, Callum Turner is in this, who I'm not super familiar with, though I, I recognize him, but I, don't, I couldn't tell you what he's in. And then beyond the cast, episode directors include Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who I really like, Man. and then uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck directed episodes of this. So this looks like it's going to be, it's a companion series to those series, and those are amazing. I expect this to be amazing. And uh, yeah, Apple TV Plus, January 26th. I had no idea freaking Carrie directed. I think he did like and four he episodes. Had his hand in this. That's, uh, I mean, fresh off of No Time to Die. Four. I, I know there's nine episodes, and I think he did the first four. That, uh, that, that alone gets me hyped up. And I, I hope this, you know, with Apple doing it, the HBO series, they look amazing. They don't feel cheap. They feel. Like they sunk hundreds of millions. And I'm hoping this this is the same thing. Cause we said that yeah. about Monarch. And two episodes in, I'm like, it feels TV show-ish to me. And that's I've what I told you I watched two yeah. episodes and I haven't continued it. Not that I won't, but it doesn't yeah. feel as grandiose as I expected from the trailers that we got, which is disappointing. I it feels like Apple is as of right now the one who's unafraid to to do to you know to end up um spending money but yeah they feel like they got money to burn in some ways 
they every, I feel like all streamers do until they reach the moment of realization, oh wow, actually this eats up money fast. But but even like Netflix, I feel like almost from the, they had big things, but even then they felt cheap in a way. Sure. And I don't know if it's the Netflix effect that it has. Like it, I don't, something about it is a turnoff to me, but mm-hmm. I I would say Apple has always felt um, like a premium service when it comes to the stuff that they make. Yeah. It's always well shot, always looks really good. And then Monarch, Monarch was a surprise where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't feel yeah. um, as cinematic as I expected, especially because it's in that world. But this looks amazing. Numero three. All right, so my number two is going to be something that is kind of the wild card um more so than i think green day but i feel like the description of this sounds really good and it's a movie i never heard of until like maybe a week ago and (laughs) so that is uh that's a concern but again it is uh, coming to theaters january 19th and it's i s s have you heard of this? Um, I don't believe so. Starring Ariana DeBose, John Gallagher Jr., um, and that's and Chris uh, Messina, and that's pretty much it. But it's um, I'll just do, read the description. Uh, tensions flare in the near future aboard an international space station, hence ISS when a worldwide conflict breaks out on Earth. So, it could be like one of those trapped in space, um, I don't know, like it could be a th- fun throwback movie, or it could be a real awful stinker. <laughs> but the that, reviews are weirdly pretty high, but only 13. Yeah, right now, exactly. So it's like, well, I don't know what to make of that. I'm kind of not a fan of that lead actress. So outside of that, obviously we've had Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, which I thought she just killed it. And she was amazing. She's like the standout star in that. Uh, She was awesome. uh, Ariana was in, or her voice rather featured in Disney's Wish, one of their many bombs of last year. And um, we really haven't had a lot else with her Especially in an acting role. Singing, I feel like we've seen a lot of her um, performing at award ceremonies and for other uh, Disney events, things like that. I think she's a great singer. I'm curious. I'm so, and maybe that's why I'm also really interested in this movie to see what kind of actress will she be? Is this something that will we, could we get something that's a little bit like life? Uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal space movie meets like alien or something that it is that plus the thing in space. I don't, that's what I'm hoping for. I don't know. John Gallagher Jr. Is someone who ever since 10 Cloverfield lane, I have kept my eye on because I've wanted I've wanted him to be in a movie that's kind of like that. And whenever I saw his name first, I was like, I'm I'm really hoping that we could get something like Tin Cloverfield Lane again. Uh, that movie just I felt felt like came out of nowhere and surprised me. And that's what I'm kind of hoping this movie is. I think it literally did like come out of nowhere though. Yeah. Um, but I just uh I don't I don't know. There's something about this that it, it has a possibility to be a lot of fun in like kind of a bleak way. But outside of this, I didn't watch the trailer. I haven't seen outside of the poster. Um, I read just a, a little bit about it. And I thought I kind of want this movie to be one of those films that does pop up out of nowhere. And I go in pretty unknowingly of what to expect of the acting of the scenes of the scenery of kind of any type of direction. I just, I want to go in and just be surprised. Are there aliens in this? As far I as I know, I, no, I don't get the vibe that there's aliens. 
No, I I get this. I I unless there's like some weird psychological thing that starts to play in, it's almost like the thing minus the aliens. Like it's a paranoia on the ship of who you can trust, but it's about it's more it's more about the paranoia among those and do they have some kind of hidden agenda versus you know trying to trust each other to all come together and fight this other life being or life form or or whatever so i don't know and that's another thing like could this be could this be a little bit like night swim and there's not a lot to work with and it just drones on for you know 2 hours now the thing is like as you mentioned, the reviews, even though there are very few reviews right now, I, I, we can't really take that into consideration, right? Because that could be like maybe observed in a certain setting that's kind of like I don't know, fright fest or 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 uh, or uh, said the fan the Fangoria events or things like that. Something that would be like more of a sci-fi setting, and people eat that up. Um, I mean, this premiered um, at Tribeca in June. So my th- my hesitation is like, why is it coming out now? Yeah, and it's like small studios too. So I bet this isn't like some um like big budget. Yeah, maybe they did it in a smart way where it doesn't feel cheap or something. Yeah, I'd have to see a trailer because I haven't watched a trailer because I wasn't super intrigued by. Uh, the poster, I guess. Yeah. It's really the only thing I've seen. It reminded me of Gravity or something. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think I was dismissive as well until I was going through the pics and I saw this. And actually, I want to say that I got a, an alert through um, the subscription, you know, the movie uh, theater subscription service of, hey, tickets on sale now. And I'm like, for what is this? And then I started reading it. And that was, again, how I, I feel like I was mostly made aware of this movie. And I love how they're like tickets now on sale, like it's a big freaking, you know, MCU film or something like that. Well, um, interesting. Numero two. It's my wild card. It is a true wild card. That should have that should be your number three. Uh, yeah, and that's where I I yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, I'm stumped because Number two and number one for me, uh, I'm tempted to do. I'm tempted to do a little flip flop. Oh, last minute. Yeah, last minute, little flippy floppy. See, I feel like my number one could be your number one or two right now. I I would imagine it is. Hmm. Should I just keep it? I mean, it truly doesn't matter. <laughs> like it really. To, what are you feeling more? Ultimately, doesn't matter. Um. Honestly, I think number two is my most anticipated. So I feel like I gotta, I feel like I gotta be a politician here and flip. Game time decision. Mm. But I do think you and I would have the same number one, if which you is always no. If we if I kept it, which I I think is kind of a little delight. I'll keep it as is. Oh, but this shows you like I honestly, with all three of these. I th- I think especially with one and two, they could be number one. All right, numero two takes us to Oklahoma. Ooh. And do you know what it is? Because honestly, as excited I am for this, I didn't know it took place in Oklahoma. It can't It can't be Killers of the Flower Moon because that's their... No, and I've that. already seen it. And that yeah. came out like three months ago. Why would it but, be Killers of the Flower Moon? Because uh, Apple's talked about releasing that in, in January, but uh, uh, well, I don't... I, I literally bought that on Apple digitally, which I don't usually do digital, and I probably should have waited, but... But it's new Marty, baby. I was like, I gotta see it. I want to see it, and I wasn't. I was unable to go see it in theaters. But oh, in Oklahoma, I don't know what this okay. could be. Here we go. This is a little shocker to me. It's Marvel Studios Echo, which drops all five episodes on Disney Plus January 9th. Now this is a sequel of sorts to Hawkeye, which came out a couple of years ago, and that's where they introduced Maya Lopez, aka Echo, and this follows that character as she returns to her hometown in Oklahoma while being pursued by Wilson Fisk and his organization. Uh, I rewatched Hawkeye over Christmas, and that is 
you know, those Marvel shows are hit hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I think more often than not, I don't really care. But that is, I still think that one holds up well. Hmm. And uh, so that one, that's cool. I think it held up. And it got me hyped for the series because I really enjoyed Maya's introduction into the MCU with that show. Uh, this series, I think, is different. Well, it is different for two reasons. One, Marvel and Disney are dumping every single episode at once. They don't usually do that. That could be a bad sign. I don't know. Maybe they don't think they can, because of what it is, they don't think they can build an audience episode to episode, week to week. Uh, so that's interesting to me. And then it's also TVMA, which is the first for Marvel mm. Studios. Because this show looks more in line with Daredevil and Punisher, uh, those shows that Netflix did. Yeah. And I guess my only concern about that is the marketing is so heavily focused on this being TVMA that I'm like, what are you hiding? Because I, I feel like when shows market something, it's something like that nonstop, it's like you're trying to take away from the show maybe not being good or the movie mm-hmm. not being good. Uh, either way, I'm super excited for this. And then also, along with Wilson Fisk, Daredevil shows up too, which is always great. And I'm hoping... I feel like we got our first kind of introduction to this version of Daredevil in She-Hulk, and it was kind of mixed results. I'm hoping this is more in line of what we're going to see down the line, even though we know that his own show is just being completely revamped and redone because they (laughs) clearly can't do anything right. But Echo, man, I can't stop. Every, Every new thing that I see on this, I'm like, dude, this looks so dope. And does the Oklahoma setting make you more excited? Um, I guess it makes sense with who she is and where she comes from. But from the marketing, I couldn't have told you that it was Oklahoma. Like the entire show. I thought it was a strictly like New York City set show. So I do mm. think that is kind of a fun little twist. And I'm interested to see how much Daredevil is in this. I'm sure it's not very much. And then obviously Wilson Fisk is a big part of this plot. But how much is... Uh, is he actually in the show? I don't know. But I do think that that version of Wilson Fisk from Daredevil and then leading into this, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that version of him has grown on me quite a bit from Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. And he's mm-hmm. actually pretty... I always was kind of hit or miss because there's a, an aspect of him that was so slow, like everything about him was so measured and slow that I didn't like it, but I it's, it's grown on me quite a bit. And I like the dynamic with uh, that he has with Echo, that he like raised her and stuff, stuff like that. I think kind of the introduction of the, her character in Hawkeye is pretty badass. I well, see, it's funny that you bring that up about the TVMA because I hadn't seen the trailer until that one, the new one uh, that's heavily promoting that until like maybe a week ago. And then I kept seeing it everywhere. Like I keep, and I saw a new one today. Literally, like that was posted like six hours ago. And I just got on YouTube, and it was like just posted. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And it starts off with like TVMA viewer discretion. Like it slams on there on the screen the text, and I'm like, all right, that's all you guys are like focusing. On. Yeah. And maybe they have to. Maybe they feel like they have to because they don't want to hear complaints of True. families tuning in thinking this is a a, a normal. Yeah, MCU project when it's more violent. That's that's a good point, and that's what I'm wondering because others, I I've heard another complaint very similar to that in terms of like, okay, I get it, but then it's like maybe with it being on Disney, it is a trial and a test of if this does well, maybe they start pushing that even more uh, with a lot more stuff. I think that is the case with the rating and then dumping this at once. This is the problem though. It's TVMA, but it's Echo. So are you really going to get a fair gauge of what the audience wants? If this was Daredevil or Punisher, those two characters are like pretty popular. So you're going to know if that's something that they're interested in. If this comes out and it's one of Disney Plus's lowest rated Marvel shows, that's not a good gauge. It's Echo. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this is this is definitely following in, in, in lieu of the... Uh, Defenders universe, so to speak. So, you know, Punisher and Daredevil and all of that, where it fits within that. But also, I feel like that's a good 
that's that's good for streaming. I mean, if you make a good story, there are several of those that I did not see, like Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, that I, I haven't. But like from what I've heard, those two are not that great, especially Iron Fist. But if you... Um, if this is good and if it is like more like daredevil, then I don't know, maybe that it makes me wonder too, with them kind of starting back to square one with daredevil, if it was like leaning less into that and they were waiting to see how this, I don't know. I've got a lot of questions with this and so many questions that I'm like, ah, it's not, it's, not on my radar right now. I, I kind of want to wait and hear what others say about this first. Now, with the Daredevil thing, I who knows if it's true, but it was like four episodes in, and he finally suits up. Like, it was a courtroom show. Uh, it's like they're forgetting a lot of what viewers are... Yeah, give us, give us Daredevil if it's a Daredevil yeah. show. I can make a complaint, though, about the Netflix series where half the time he's spent... I don't mind having Matt Murdock's stories, but I also feel like he's barely in his costume. And sometimes, like season three, there's massive stretches where he's not even Daredevil. Yeah, and if fans already like what you've put out, follow in the track of that. And They got three seasons of a show that you yeah. can model after, just like maybe do it better. Yeah. Find a way to make it different and do it better. And they, for whatever reason, are struggling with that. <laughs> like many other things yes with their studio right now but i think it more than anything it goes back to not making stuff for fans they're like trying to please people that don't even care yeah, yeah i mean daredevil good lord how are we having trouble with that well especially something that's been introduced already i could understand if you have something brand new you're wanting to start this and and like say all right you know what this will be a different style a different take a different whatever so you, you can take so many different avenues, but when you've already got something that's created and you've got fan service and it's coming at a time that you greatly need it, I mean, is it all that bad to just say, well, you know, let's just build on the backs of what was already created and try to, like you say it, so just make it a little bit better in certain aspects, however that may be. Like take some of that feedback. Well, that's with like the DCEU they didn't want to do what Marvel did. And it's like, do what Marvel did, just make it right. DC. Yeah. Like establish your characters and then have them come together. Don't make Justice League your third yeah. movie. Right. Or whatever it was, yeah. you know? It's it's weird that I, it's okay to, to follow a formula that works. Well, this is something I've been looking forward to for a very long time, and it is coming out tonight. It's Night Swim. Start. No, I'm joking. It's not Night Swim. No. <laughs> what? I was like, oh, crap. It's not Night Swim. Instead, we've got one more week to go. It's dropping on Max, January 14th. We've got Jodie Foster arriving in true detective form. We have the show coming back season four. You and I were texting about this earlier today. Um, I think this looks amazing. This, I feel, uh, it feels based on the trailers like more than any season we've received before. It feels like the callback to the first season starring Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. This, um, I think, is just it, it, the setting looks so interesting, so unique, so different. But it's True Detective, Night Country, and it is the fourth season um, of the show. I'm, uh, you know, this Alaskan tundra. Um, I just, I think this just, man. There's, I, I'm so hyped. I'm trying not to read or watch a lot of previews of this but it seems like we've got a callback to um to the same cult from the first uh, series uh we've got a lot of clues there at least in the last trailer that i did watch but um man it's just it's i i can't wait i cannot wait i feel like this is going to be could end up being my, one of my favorite dramas of this year, maybe my favorite drama, and we're starting the year with it. That is my numero one as well. Get your heavy coat, bundle up with a blanket <laughs> yeah. by the fire, because it's getting icy 
outside. <laughs> now, this is the first season. I like that you mentioned the Easter eggs from season one because I'm like, is that going to pay off or, or is it just something fun for fanatics? Um, this is the first season that the series creator, Nick Pizzolatto, is only an executive producer. Pizzo, he did, he wrote episodes for seasons one through three and directed a couple. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see someone else doing what Pizzolatto created. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a good thing that he's not doing it because you get some fresh eyes in there, some fresh blood. Um, Yeah, this looks amazing. I... It, you know, when did season three come out? Because that was quite a few years ago. Yeah, and uh, that was just 2019, and that was also January, January 13th. And um, it's interesting because, so season one came out, and it was January 2014. Can you believe it's been nine years since that? Nine years since that. I mean, t- I mean, te- technically ten years, but you know, that's horrifying. N- yeah, that feels like that was maybe five years ago, but not nine years ago since we la- we first saw the first images of True Detective. But ten years since we saw it, and then just following on the heels of that, a year later was um, True Detective season two that came out in the summer June of 2015, and then we had to wait uh, four years for season three. January of 2019. Season one uh, is amazing. I still think, because I rewatched season one and two recently, I still think season two is good. It's just like, of the three, it's the weakest. Yeah. I think it's, the plot gets a little too muddy, and it's a plot too that in a lot of ways, like, who cares? Because it's like land (laughs) deals. Right. Like, I get what he was going for, but it's just not interesting. It was like a modern day Chinatown. Yeah. Which is, and with a little murder sprinkled in, but like, eh, I don't know. I I like it. It's just the worst one. And then season three, honestly, I could argue that's the best one. That one's so good. And Mahershala Ali's in it. Oh, he's so fantastic. Good. So good. Steven Dorff's in it. He's fantastic. I could argue that's my favorite. They honestly, Eve, every, and of course, it's an anthology. Or so we think. But even season three has a connection to season one. True. Yeah. Very true. Which so we it's like, okay, that's in the same universe. Yeah. And I think it, it's fair to say, even though it's an anthology, season two has to take place in the same universe. Yeah. I I would yeah, exactly. I think this one will end up having Easter eggs to all three seasons. And I'm hoping it has a direct connection. And I feel like it it will somehow. I don't know how, but we see the 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 emblem from season mm-hmm. one in this one, um, and then you know we mentioned Kerry Joji Fukunaga and Masters of the Air, him directing that, and he was obviously I think he did he direct every episode in season one. I th- yeah I think so. I think him and uh, him and Pizzo were like at each other's throats <laughs> from the sounds <laughs> yeah. of it. But uh, uh, that's I mean I think season one is for the subject matter. It, it is truly a beautiful looking show. Yeah. And this looks fantastic. Um, I need to rewatch season three because I, you know, like I said, I rewatched season one and two recently. So I need to do season three and uh, I can maybe come back and, and lock down a, a number one. See, that that's where I wondered, especially with your rewatch of one and two. That too is, you know, how you were feeling about it, where it's not as bad. I, in the moment of watching it, was so mad. I was like, "What is this? Why? What? What's happening? Like, this is nothing like the OG." But then, toward the end of the season, I'm like, "Okay, I need to respect that they were, they were going for something totally different. I, I, I shouldn't have gone in expecting season one, and." I did appreciate it a little bit more, but I also, I just wanted that vibe from season one. And then we got that with season three. I'm getting that more so, even more so with season, this season, but it's also in a very different way. Something that I feel is like what made the first season so special is that it felt unique. This one too feels ultra unique. 
And this gives me throwback vibes of Insomnia, um, the Chris Nolan movie with uh, Robin Williams and Al Pacino, uh, since that took place in Alaska. This is like that, but just in a tundra. It's like that mixed with the thing. And uh, especially right now in the winter, yep, let's crank the heat, get under a blanket, and let Jodie Foster save us. Now it's cold where you're at. It's going to be 70 here, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I, I'm kind of craving the winter feels. Um, Which here, we might actually be in a mini blizzard by the time this comes out. You might have, yeah, you might have snow on the ground. Now, this is currently at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 27 reviews so far. Man. How did how did the other seasons fare now that you've got Rotten Tomatoes pulled up? I'm curious how... One, two, and three compare as a season because you're looking at the overall season, right? Here we go. I'm going to give you the score and you got to guess which season it is. I already gave you 100% for Night Country. Here we go. 47%. What? (laughs) That's got to be season two. Yeah, that's season two. Um, 91%. I'll say season one. Uh, Yes, that is season one. And then season three, 84%. Oh, that's much lower than I was expecting that to be a little higher. Yeah, that should be higher. I huh. think I think that season three from my memory is the strongest because of Ollie's performance. Oh, so good. And it has the kind of the mystery. I can't fully remember what the plot involves other than he's like going back over an old case and he's having trouble remembering things. I can't remember why it's brought back up. But I just remember Ali just breaking my heart. Yeah. And he's he's just uh, a great actor. So that's cool. We, you had the same numero one. I believe the mystery he's trying to solve is why the Blade script has taken three decades <laughs> for it to get finished. And he's now become an old man who he's, can't play that role anymore. How old do you think he is? Because I... Uh, I texted you and I'm like, I watched um, Leave the World Behind and all I, I, when it ended, I'm like, gosh, all I can think about is him as Blade. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, well, man, I want to go back and watch the the Wesley Snipes Blade. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, Googled uh, Mahershala Ali Blade, you know, MCU update. Just trying to get gauge, like, is this movie ever going to come out? And right now it's it's November 2025. We'll see. Good I think great. one of two things happens. This movie never comes out or he drops out. I feel yeah. like one of those two is likely to happen because this has been just, like, never-ending. Probably both of those things. But how old do you think he is? He's, like, 56, right? No, he's 49. But, okay. dude, that I- guy looks like he's 37 years old. Oh, he looks good. I'm not saying... I didn't guess that age. I just thought... That he was like up there in age, but because that was another concern that was brought up of like, dude, like you're going to like if you do one movie and it's taken this long for one movie, what about like other movies? And it doesn't even have to be solo Blade movies, but it's like, for example, spoiler alert in case the Eternals, you haven't seen that. But like what we see at the very end, because that's a post credit scene, right? With Mm -hmm. the Blade. Uh, with, not with the, his voice like, right yeah yeah so but with that it's like we okay but what movies like that will we see him but in an action it doesn't have to be avengers level but how many times will he pop up randomly and like how long will he be able to do that and and like perform it well at this point it's it's never gonna happen and that's sad do you know when they announced Blade. When Marvel officially announced Blade, oh, wow. do you know when that was? What year I do you want to say that was? that was like 2019, like five five years ago? Right? Yeah, 2019, yeah. and they've made absolutely no progress. <laughs> it's sad. It's so bizarre. I'm like, what do you? I mean, he he was quoted recently saying, you know, he likes the creative direction they're moving it now, and hopefully, <laughs> it gets done. I'm like, what were y'all planning? Like, that shouldn't be ha- hard either. Just do a freaking Blade movie. Well, you know, one one of the most ridiculous, and I can't remember if we've talked about this, but one of the most ridiculous rumors that I heard was that he was going to be, like, playing not second fiddle, but, like, third or fourth oh, fiddle. Yeah. 
And who knows if that's true, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, me neither. And it's like, are, what? Really? In a Blade movie, you're putting him in the back burner. It's like having Daredevil in the fourth or fifth episode suiting up. He's like, well, it's time to time to put it, put it all on. Yeah, that I don't know if that's true. I wouldn't be surprised. And the thing is, the movie hasn't been made yet. So it makes me believe that something's not right. And that's probably what it is is that he's just not even the main character in his own movie. That's sad, because I, I want to see him so bad in that in that role. I think he'll slay. I just, uh, I just I want that. And I feel like there's also a call for that. Like, a lot of people, I feel like there's, like, with not just Marvel fans, but just fans in general, it just seems like a really cool idea, concept, and casting choice. Great casting. I feel like you can make this for a modest budget, it doesn't have to be massive mm-hmm. and make it R-rated and and people will flock to it. Uh, I will say I did rewatch the Wesley Snipes Blade last night. I rented it. And for the most part, that still surprisingly holds up. And just the first one you've rewatched? Yeah. And I don't remember loving the second one. And I remember seeing the third one a lot because of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even though that one's not great. But I, I am going to uh, revisit all three of those. And I always, I always forget Guillermo did uh, Blade Two. Yeah, I forgot. I yeah, it's now that you mention that, I also forget the same thing. <laughs> Crazy thing too is the movie starts and they don't have like a Marvel logo of any kind. It's like before that was mm. a thing, you know, like the comic yeah. pages or obviously Marvel Studios and stuff like that because they didn't have that. Um, and then that also kind of kicked off Underworld, right? Like we got Blade, and then Underworld came shortly after that. We just had a vampire party. And then uh, I saw on Netflix, they have like 30 Days of Night. And I've been wanting to rewatch that because I don't think I've seen that since theaters. I'm in kind of a vampire mood. Man, that's so good. That's I'm just in a frozen tundra mood because that I remember that might be a perfect uh, lead in for it. Yeah, that uh, maybe I might do that because that's um, that movie I had not seen all the way through until like maybe it may have been 2020. It was around that time, and I sat down and watched, and I'm like, this is good. This is awesome. I mean, it's not like the best, but it's killer. So we mentioned the thing you have numerous times, so that's the John Carpenter reference. I'm just going to go ahead and say, mm-hmm. still no update. Speaking of vampires on um, oh. Salem's Lot, so that's the Stephen King reference uh, for this podcast. <laughs> and we're winding down because uh, we got a scoot. The door is closing, and we don't want to get hit on the butts on the way out. Speaking of that, hopefully ours is saved by Jody Foster whenever we watch True Detective this upcoming weekend. So all I can say is, until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.